0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Summer Sales Podcast. We have the pest goat, Drew Hansen, in the studio today. And that is not my opinion. We did a poll on the Summer Sales Podcast and Drew won handsomely. So glad to have Drew in here. Anyone who doesn't know Drew, first off, where have you been? You've been living under a rock. In 2018, you did 511 accounts. 2019, you were working for Armor. You opened up an office. You did 572. And then, gosh, 2020, 21, 22, you did over a million each of those summers. In 2020, that was 15 or 1,517 accounts. 2021, 1,325. You actually did 1.1 million with significant, so you did $100,000 more with significantly less revenue. So you've only knocked to hit a million dollars you've barely knocked more than a regular summer. Like most people, when they're talking about the grit, they say, oh, the reason they have so many golden doors is because they start at the beginning of March, they're knocking all the way through the end of October, no doubt, they're fitting two summers in, of course they're going to hit that much. Yeah, no. Dude, your first summer you did a million, days. Your second summer that you did 1.1 million, 125 days. 2022, you did 1.3 million, 116 knocking days. Like, that is a 116 knocking days. That's a four and a half month summer.
1: Yeah. We were going fast. <laughs> yeah.
0: What changed from 2019 when you did 572 accounts? Like obviously you were skilled, yeah. you know, doing over 500 accounts as a rookie, mm-hmm. but like what changed for you to be able to triple in accounts basically and do over a million dollars when that had not really ever been done?
1: Yeah. Uh, that's, so that's the year I... I... So I was at Armour my first two summers. It was great. Loved it. And then after my second summer, I just wanted to be around. It's a lot better reps. I went to Greenix that year. That was my only year at Greenix with all the great guys. And it went awesome. Everything changed for me. I realized, oh, this, is, this could be a thing. And then it just took off from there. But for sure, just proximity. Like, that's what changed. Still selling in the Midwest. Like, I was in Kansas in 2019. Then I was in Indiana in
0: 2020. Yeah. So. You say proximity and that changed everything. But no one else had done a million.
1: No, Josh Zuniga did 1,500 accounts the year before, did like 800K. And then in 2020, Cody, Cody Olive, and myself did a mill. How did you make that big jump? I, I don't have like a short answer, but a lot went into it. So that year in 2019, after 2019, it was awesome. Like my biggest thing is I just wanted to be around like just reps that were just way better than me, right? Like I wanted to be around people that were doing things that I just hadn't done yet. And it was awesome at Armor. The, I sold 570, but no one was really that close to me as far as the number two, number three guy goes. And so, my thing was I wanted to go and sell where there was the most thousand account reps, which was like, which Greenix at the time. And I clicked instantly with all the great guys. And so that summer I went there and uh, it was like the ships were burned. Uh, if you leave a company, like if you've left a company, you know that, you know, it's, unless they don't care about you, right? Like they don't care if you leave, but if they care about you, which I always knew that those guys cared a ton about me at Armour, uh, leaving was just tough. I had really good relationships over there. Uh, my... The guy I worked for, his, you know, younger brother was my best friend all through high school, uh, mm. and so like we had that connection like for a long time, and so no, I, I, they totally care about me, and so like leaving that right to try to go and do things that, you know, uh, that like I hadn't done yet. Um, sometimes it just it, it it sucks to walk away from people like that, and so it was tough, and so like by by having to do that, you burn the ships, and so it's an all or nothing thing. I'm not gonna lose friends, lose the family that I've had for two years being at Armor. And then go to Greenix and then let it be a flop. And so that year, it was a 1,000 accounts or bust. Like I was just not going to come home until I had done it. My best week in 2019 and 2020 was 50 accounts. That was my very best week. Second week, I was out with the Greenix guys. Like My first week, I did 43 accounts, but way higher contract value. So I had my biggest week in revenue ever. But I was like sixth on the leaderboard, seventh, which had never, ever happened to me at Armor. So week two, I sold 65 accounts. So biggest week ever. Only needed to do 48, 50 a week to do a 1,000. And so after that 65 week, I, I sold 80 the, the next week. I actually broke the Greenix revenue record for revenue sold in a week, but no one knew that at the time because Cody sold 122 that week. Cody Olive did. So. Great, dude. <laughs> so like after that like 80 week though, like the goal just kept increasing because it's I'm not gonna go and do 50 after I've done 80 in a week. And so it was hundred it was a thousand accounts, then it was twelve hundred, then it was then it was a mil, and then it was fifteen hundred accounts. It just kept, it just kept evolving.
0: Yeah. Just hearing that. One thing that I think is very difficult is to have your best week and to beat that again and to beat it again and be consistent Yeah. because your best week ever was,
1: what did you say it was? 50, probably like 25K in revenue.
0: Yeah. Okay. So your best week ever was 50 and you basically knew you had to have your best week ever ever, every single week for four or five months straight. Walk me through... How you beat your best week and how did you kind of stay building momentum?
1: The in 2020? Yeah. Before the summer, dude, everything I did was towards that goal of doing a thousand. Just cause like I knew that like I had more in me. Like after my second summer, I knew if I was around the right people. I knew that if I was pushed, I knew that if I was like actually held accountable and I didn't have to worry about a lot of the operational stuff in Kansas City in 2019. I didn't have a branch manager. I was a branch manager and the pest manager, second year rep, twenty rookies. And so like, I knew that if I could just go be like, go be a rep, help co-manage an office in 2020, and then I just go as hard as possible, I probably could just do way better. And so after those first three weeks doing 80 in a week and Cody doing 122 and me feeling like, oh, wow, like no one still cares. Yeah. Where, like my first company, like, like, oh, I was, it's was just always, I was always the highlight, which was cool for a young kid. But like after that first three weeks, that's when John Taylor, he came out and knocked for a month in Baltimore he did 344 that month. I did the best, no one had ever done over 290 in our company in a month. I did 300 flat. Again, no one knew that because John did 344. And so we were just going neck and neck like all month long in June. And then in July, I just was so angry at John. (laughs) Angry is probably not the wrong word, but I was just motivated by like his example. And I wanted to, I just wanted to be better. And so I did, I believe I did 365 accounts that in July, and then I did 379, I believe in, in August. And then I was pacing to do more in September, but I finished early and then yeah. I came home.
0: You you hit your goal. You finished the marathon. I don't care how fast you're running. Yeah. Once you've hit 26.2, you don't
1: need to go. You don't need to go further.
0: You don't have to go any further. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I, I've always said right, in 2020, if there was no Cody Olive, there was no John Taylor, I just never would have been pushed to the limits. I was probably would have done a thousand accounts, gone home. Yeah. Like, but I, uh, I'm grateful for those guys.
0: Yeah. So that's one thing that John Taylor also talked about when he came in. Just like who you're around mm-hmm. is really important. Yeah. Um, it's really hard for somebody who hasn't done what you want to do yeah, to teach you how to do it. It's
1: nearly impossible. Yeah. yeah. So
0: you went to Green X because you wanted somebody who'd done a Golden Door to help mentor you. Yeah. You
1: know? Also, how to train my reps, right? You know, looking at it now, we have 37 Golden Doors, but in 2020, we only had two. Uh, but like in my company, you know, when I'm running an office for the first time in 2019... Like my best guy was my brother that did 200 accounts. And then my, you know, out of all my buddies that I took out, uh, three of them made 20 grand, did 125 accounts and everyone else did less. And so I'm over here looking at social media, seeing these Green X rookies do 500 and 400 and 400 and 350 and 350. Like, I'm like, I need to learn how to do that. Cause obviously like, I don't know how to train and replicate like my style of selling, which I think a lot of like young managers that that are really good sales reps, but not as good trainers is like, just do what I do, right? And they don't give you like, that good of content, and then a lot of reps are just frustrated with it, where I knew that if I was gonna keep doing this at least until I was done with school at the time, then I just I couldn't recruit people to an option that like wasn't the best, and I just didn't like like knowing that reps are doing better elsewhere, that meant better training better leadership better culture like something had to have been better right yeah, if yeah. the reps were doing that well, and so if I was gonna keep bringing people into it like i I wanted to be able to recruit my brothers and my 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 really good friends to just what I felt was the best option. Like, yeah. that's why, again, that was one of the reasons I made the jump.
0: Yeah, you said your sales style, like it was just difficult to teach a rookie. Like, what is your sales style?
1: What is my sales style? I uh, I think my, my, my first two summers, it was a lot of talking, a lot of not letting the customer talk, steamrolling, giving my intro, and then just going and not letting them even breathe. And then getting to the end, price dropping, close as hard as possible, which is why that style of selling probably was the result of why I had a twenty-five dollar initial and a five hundred and ten dollar contract value versus now? It's it's funny. We've been doing these like orientations for our company. It's like a try before you buy. Come and see what it's like to be in Drew's office or Zach's office or Brock Greaves' office for a week. And then if you want to work with us after that, we'd love to hire you. If you don't want to, no sweat. Come and try us for a week. We'll yeah. pay for everything. And uh, this year has been like the first year that like we've done a lot of shadowing. It's funny because obviously like I believe like we're really good at training reps, but we don't shadow. Like we never have like up to this point. We've done a lot of like get recording, sit down, do a film session more or less, like with a rep so they can point out what they need to work on. And then we just help them keep it simple versus going and watching Seeger and then trying to do everything that Seeger does. Uh, and so this year on these event orientations, it's been rad to do to shadow with all these other reps, other companies that have done 300K and 400K and are like looking to switch and come work with us. And I think the number one takeaway that I get is as far as like the sales style is like, dude, I had no, no idea. Like this is just such a casual process. like. I do a lot of soft closing. It's I'm super relaxed. I'm super loose. I try to be me because the last door-to-door kid was probably not trying to be himself. He's probably trying to be a lot more scripted. Where like I've just always tried to be different, and so I've tried to like make myself style as just as casual as possible.
0: Yeah, because the last kid who knocked on the door, it was the same pitch. It was yeah. You've probably seen my trucks. Whatever. We're all saying similar things. Yeah. But it sounds like you're just more focused on helping put the customer at ease, if that makes sense. Yeah, like
1: I don't want to just steamroll. Like no yeah. one wants to be ignored. No one wants to be just like ran through. Yeah. Uh, but also just like the way that I sell, it becomes a lot easier to close on the first and second close after like my first hard close because I've soft closed so many times throughout the process.
0: Yeah, and you also seem more trustworthy.
1: Yeah. You've... seemed like a person.
0: Yeah, and I think that oftentimes... Sales reps will come in and they try to mimic their manager. They try to, you know, be this perfect little robot. And then if you actually listen to a normal recording of a conversation with that rep of just a phone call versus them on the doors, like it's night and day difference.
1: So different. Yeah. Yeah. I I always tell reps like, dude, go be you. Like people are not going to buy from Andy because Andy is some scripted door-to-door sales rep. They're going to buy because they like Andy. So go be Andy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what if you're not a natural salesman and <laughs> if you're not a natural salesman and you say go be you, yeah. How do you overcome that to still be able to
1: pump volume? Yeah, I don't think that the sales like style really affects like the way that your your yearly production ends up being. Like the sales process is only, I don't know, fifteen percent of the battle, ten percent of the battle. Hmm. A lot more of it is just like how you talk to yourself. Like you could have the worst pitch in the world. Like you can sound horrible, you can be super weird, like <laughs> You can even be pushy if you want, if that's your personality type. But uh, if you're grinding, knocking doors at 9.30 at night and you're able to snag a deal every other day after 9 o'clock because like, that's how hard you're working and that's how positive you are and that's how optimistic you are and that's how enthusiastic you are, you're adding another 50, 60, 70K of revenue to your year because that's how you chose to be after 9 p.m. Where you can have a horrible pitch and still work after 9 and you're gonna get deals not because your pitch is good. It's gonna you're gonna get deals because you're out there doing the right things.
0: Yeah, sounds like it's less what you're saying or how you're saying it. And it's more just like the internal
1: dialogue in your head. Totally. Huh. Yeah, to- dude. Totally. Like I'm so like about the whole like the way that you talk to yourself, like what you think is what like what you will do. It's what you will become. Uh, just all the self affirmations like that. I'm super on that wave.
0: Yeah. So what are I'm- what are a few of your self affirmations that you're just. Constantly repeating to yourself. In between doors? Yeah.
1: I'm due. My thing's always been like, I'm due. And so I'm constantly telling myself, I'm due. This is the door. This is the door. This is the door. This is the door. Literally on every single one. And then like, especially like in those rough hours, right? Another, I'd say the biggest piece of uh, feedback that I've gotten, like while reps have shadowed me as of late, has been like, oh, Drew actually gets pushed around at times. Like, oh, Drew actually doesn't sell anything for hours. Like, oh, I thought that you just sold everyone you talked to where, like, I'll go three hours with no deals, four hours with no deals, like... Uh, and then you'll get you know in the evening or at some weird afternoon hour time frame where you're selling four in an hour or three in an hour or whatever uh, but uh yeah, in between doors i'm just I'm expecting it right like i'm I'm staying way more on offense versus being on defense and just hoping I find a deal, yeah like I'm trying to go out and, and create them uh and, and are so you I'm and are
0: you trying constantly. to sell everyone
1: for sure uh yeah, like you don't know until unless they have all the info then like they can't make a educated decision, and so i'm gonna I'm gonna like I'm gonna sell everyone, but like when I'm with people, I say I'm casual and I'm super personable, and like, I totally believe that people buy because they like me and they understand the service, they understand what they're getting, they see the value in it. And that's why they buy. But as far as if I'm trying to sell everyone, I'm not gonna waste time. People know why I'm there. They know I'm there to sign them up for price control. Like I'm not gonna sit there and talk to someone about their car for 45 minutes or about their grandson for an hour. Like I'm not gonna do that, yeah. like, dude. I'm hustling, and, and I think I get more deals because people see that I'm hustling.
0: So you're not wasting you're not necessarily focused quite as much on oh i've got to build super good rapport so this person likes
1: me like
0: how do you get somebody to like you without pulling the whole
1: 30 minute sale yeah. every time again i just try to be me like like i can i can crack a joke or compliment someone or joke about the sticker on their car in an instant in like less than 10 seconds but then you're back to it Then I'm back to it. Yeah. Then I'm straight back to it. That's how, that's how I was on my mission. Like people knew, like I served an LDS mission. People knew I was there to teach them about God. Like they knew that I wasn't going to be the missionary that was going to waste two hours in someone's home and make no progress. I want to work with people that like want to listen to me or want to work with me. And so same with like door knocking, like selling pest control is if they're like just not going anywhere and I've gotten all the way through the pitch and I've tried to price drop once or twice and I'm not going to, I see that it's going literally nowhere, then I usually like move on.
0: You're not really leaving the door until you've already gone through the entire service. You've price dropped a couple times. Like
1: John Taylor, he's leaving way sooner. Yeah, I think it just depends. Right? Yeah, for like listeners, right? Like trying to understand, like how long does like Drew spend like with people, or how long does John spend with people? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people like have like the sifting questions of like how long should I like, be with the customer for? I've always had a theory uh, that like if you're not like. If you're selling over four or even like 500 accounts, and like, let's talk about sifting. If you're selling less than like 400 accounts, I'd probably say that sifting's probably not your problem. Uh, your problems that you're probably just not staying in the ring for long enough and going as many rounds. Hmm. Um, like that's just always been like my belief, just because like I see like kids that crush and do 200k. I have casual conversations with them, and they're like, "Dude, look, like I, I, yeah, yeah. it's one of those days where like, you know, I was just they say no, I say, okay, well." price drop all the way down to the minimums. And then they say, you know, again, it's like, okay, cool. Have a good day. I'm on my yeah. Where like, okay, your your problem is not sifting. <laughs> your problem is like staying in the ring every day of the summer for as long as possible. Uh, and, you know, getting all the way down to your minimums, staying in the ring for seven, eight rounds. Like, that's what I want you to focus on. I don't want you to focus on sifting as much.
0: Yeah. But that's kind of hard to do. It is. Like a lot of people feel sad. Like they feel dark. They feel yeah. like no one likes them because they're being pushy at
1: that point. Yeah, maybe, right? Like you just have to give yourself a chance to get more deals.
0: Yeah, so how many no's are you trying to have your reps push through before calling it quits?
1: I'd probably say like four to five, but again, I just think it's situational, right? Yeah. Like it's it's very tough to like, to say, oh, like I go two rounds deep with every customer at least, like I don't, right? Like if they're just so cold and don't even want to talk to me, then I'm not going to waste my time with people that don't want to talk to me. Yeah. Um. And so like I'll I'll move on, but I think it's like, from like a sales technique standpoint, like let's look more at what are you doing in the sales process? Like, are you getting them out of the doorframe? Are you soft closing? Are you like breaking the ice in the intro? Are are you like getting them to look at the bugs? Are you asking them yes questions, right? Are you doing those yes or no? If you're not, then like, okay, well, like, let's start doing those then.
0: Yeah, and that was actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you about. You said getting them out of the doorframe. Yeah. Like, how are you generating interest Right at the beginning, because I guarantee that the top reps, especially you, Mm -hmm. you're getting them interested enough to actually hear what you're saying when a lot of reps can't get that.
1: Um, Yeah, I think that people definitely like decide what they're going to think about you within the first 10, 15 seconds. Uh, And so when people come outside, like they have no idea if I'm, you know, if I'm Drew or if I'm like, you know, the the first year sales rep that's only sold 30 accounts in the summer. They have no idea like before they open the door, but when they instantly open the door, like they could they can feel that. And I don't think that it's a track record thing. I don't think it's an accolades thing. I think it's in, in an, an attitude thing. And that's where it's like, oh, if like if you're sad after like getting kicked in the teeth for like seven hours straight and it's 8 p.m. and you're at zero deals where like, if you want the questions like, how can you be better? Like, how can you sell as much as the top guys? Well, like, dude, I've had days where I'm at zero until 7 p.m. And then I go sell eight after 7 p.m. And so it's like it's staying like optimistic 24-7. Um
0: yeah, but that's even e-
1: perspective, right?:
0: That's easy to say for you. You yeah. did 500 accounts as a rookie. Yeah. you know. Yeah. What, about, what about those reps who just aren't Drew Hansen? Like How do you stay optimistic? Because for us, it's easy because we know that those sales are going to come, but when a rep's getting six to eight a week, yeah. like I've, I've just seen it time and time again where, where they'll spend 45 minutes or an hour. Just sitting on the porch, just trying to build rapport, trying to basically get adopted into the family. Yeah. Because hey, if they get one sale or two sales today, they're good. Yeah. You just have a different mindset of like, dude, I've got to keep moving. So, what do you say to that rep who's struggling to stay positive and just struggling to stay in the ring because they're not seeing, like, yeah, ten k days.
1: Yeah, I, I think that like that's just so okay, right? Like, not everyone's gonna be Zach Seeger, not everyone's gonna be Corbin Hanson, not everyone's gonna be Brock Grieve, and that is okay. And like everyone needs to like be okay with that right yeah. like, i'm not going to be john like i never will be and he'll never be me and i'll never be cody uh and like that's okay right but like what you're setting out there to do like you have full control of like your input yeah you can't like control the output so like stop worrying that like you're only selling 8 a week stop yeah. worrying that you're only selling 6 a week it's not about like the output it's about the inputs yeah that's what i would talk to like that rep about is like dude let's start like start focusing on the inputs like if you're not good at like going multiple rounds with the customer Let's train more on it. Let's do more one-on-ones in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that like no matter what, like who that rep is or like what they're capable of or, you know, what they've sold in the past, like I believe uh, that the two things that like door-to-door reps struggle with probably the most, I think I saw it this year, like this was the first year I traveled. Uh, so I went and visited all, like, every team Um, and I, I sold only six days this summer. But
0: uh, yeah, but you sold 100K in six days. <laughs> so quit. you only sold 6K, but you still made a lot more money than... Yeah. You still were right around average for a typical rep in the industry, probably lifting the average
1: in six days. Appreciate it. Yeah. But like being able to be with more reps, work with more reps, take way more phone calls than ever. That's, it became very apparent to me that like the two things that I think every rep struggles with, uh, cause I'd be in that boat too, is, is one perspective and two optimism, right? Like, like before I had sold 500 accounts as a rookie, I had never done it. And so. Like, even though I sold a lot my first year, I still hadn't done it before. And so, like, I had to believe that I could do it. Then it would be able to come to fruition. Uh, Like, Zach Seeger, bef- like, before he was Zach Seeger, his first summer selling, he sold 30 account 27 accounts in his first 30 days. But because he kept the perspective, kept the optimism, uh, like, level high, he sold 400 accounts that summer. So he did 370 in his last three months and did 30 accounts his first month. Yeah. Not because of talent or not because, like, he had already done it before, just because, again, it's inputs, inputs, inputs.
0: Yeah. So I have a philosophy and I want to hear your thought process on it. So in 2019, I didn't become a thousand level rep once I hit a thousand accounts. I became a thousand level rep once I started acting like a thousand level rep and therefore I got thousand level rep results. Not sure if that makes sense, but I want to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Totally. Right. Like you just, you can't do anything like whether you believe you can or you can't, you're both, you're right in, in either regard. And so, Totally, right. Like we do the landing pad. That's like our company podcast. Yeah, Uh, Jacob Griffith. He was our rookie that did um, 650k this summer. Uh, He was one of one of the two this summer. One of the rookies that hit a golden door. Yep. Uh, So we've had three in total. Uh, But he was on our podcast, and I thought it, it was just if you met this kid, and hopefully you do one day. Like he is unreal. Like, and he talked about how like, dude, I wanted to be doing the things that like the guys that I work with, the leaders that I work with, like I wanted to become like them. I wanted to become not just a good sales rep, but I wanted to become a really good human. And so like he talked about on the podcast, how like they were driving out to area one day and he was on a hot streak selling a ton, but a lady had broken down on the side of the road. And it was just so cool how he explained that like, if I want to be a golden door rep, I also need to be doing golden door things before I have done it. And if I'm going to close that gap and you know, in between potential and performance and become a great human, the right choice is to pull over and help this lady. Just a rad thing to do, right? Like, And so he's like, that's how I've tried to live my life from the very first of the summer from the very first point of like, you know, plugging into the company is like, I want to do the things that like all the great people around me are doing. And so I I totally agree with the philosophy.
0: Yeah. It sounds like he wanted to become worthy or the type of person that deserves to hit a golden door.
1: You got to earn your stripes. Yeah. And so,
0: and I think that that's a huge thing because I don't think that we're going to produce more than we think we deserve to you know? And so I, uh,
1: yeah, totally agree with that.
0: I don't think that doing cold plunges or doing all these extra trainings before the summer, I don't think that that actually makes you that much better at sales. But what I do think that it does is it makes you believe that you deserve more success. And so because you have that stronger belief in deserving it,
1: yeah. therefore you get it. Yeah. Like that. So like going back to like, the, you know, so I've given you such a long answer, but with the difference between 2019 and 2020, leaving a company, leaving friends behind, you know, being so hard to leave that group, it was like all or nothing. And so, like everything I was doing was geared like, no, dude, I've already done a thousand accounts. I just got to go collect. Yeah, just got to go pick it up. Yeah, uh, and so like everything that I'm doing, like I'm I'm reading a book a week. I, I'm drinking a gallon of water a day. I'm doing cardio every day, and I literally hate cardio. I mm-hmm. literally hate it. Uh, um, I'm I'm doing some type of training every single day, right? Like. I'm doing things that like I don't want to do so that th- I've just filled that cup, that cookie jar, enough so that when I go out there like I've already done the hard work. I just need to go again collect.
0: Yeah, you hitting a golden door was just inevitable because you were doing the things that hitting a golden door would require. And so now it's just, okay, plugging in, clocking in, clocking out as long as you're focused and actually trying to produce at your highest level, like hitting a golden door truly was inevitable. It sounds like you weren't hoping to fall out but like you were planning on it yep how do you make it so that way doubling or tripling isn't wishful thinking but it's actually something that you can plan and predict
1: i think that uh yeah i think i think that it, it's a good question right because like you get out there and sometimes like you're not pacing to hit your goals right like, like i'll meet with a kid and it's like you know best summers, 200 accounts and you're like you, you never sold over, you know, 20 accounts in a week and you are telling me you're going to do a thousand, right? Or like, you know, you get the rookie that's like, I'm going to do a thousand. It's like, those are usually the kids that leave within the first week. Yep. <laughs> uh, but I would say, like set realistic goals, right? Like, you, but like, you got to think bigger, like you have to. And so like, if you're that committed, right? Like, let's say your best week is 18 accounts. Well, if you were to do 18 accounts every week of the summer, because if you've done it once, like you should be able to do it again. Like, you should, if you could do five accounts in one day, you should be striving to do five accounts every single day. And so you've already done that before. If, if it's not happening every single week, like that's okay. Again, perspective and optimism are the two things that like will get you there. But like the goal can always increase, right? Like you can always increase it more and more. Like I talked about in 2020, right? Like it was a thousand, then it was 1200, then it was a mil, then it was 1500 uh, accounts. It can always increase. But um, I would say if you're not pacing, right? Like again, it's just, it's perspective and optimism. Like, okay, your goal was to do 500k and be done in August. Well, why, like, why does you have to have a deadline? Like, if it's that important, like, the deadline should be relevant.
0: Yeah. It's truly about your commitment level. Yeah. Like, if it was life or death, if something terrible was going to happen, if you didn't hit 500k, like your parents lose their house, dude, you're going to hit 500k. Imagine if there was a $10 million bonus to some rep who had done 200k his first year or 100k his first year. If there was a $10 million bonus, if he hit 500k,
1: Dude, he's going to hit it. Yeah, because he's committed to it. Yeah, it's a little bit of that—that—that that, that good uncomfortability. Yeah, that—that that good anxiety. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it's like so often reps are behind on their goals, or they're getting bored, or area is getting so saturated that they just like they start ticking their goal backwards. Yeah, you know. And I don't know what have you guys done at the grit to make it so that way you guys have so many people hitting their stretch goals.
1: I think that especially right like in the like obviously I'm a huge believer like proximity is power like you asked me what changed and I said my proximity like the people who you're around is who you become and I believe that maybe more than anything um and I have for like a long 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 time um I would say right like it like it's it's so much easier to do when everyone else is doing it and and I think like the reason why it's been so awesome to watch like our reps evolve right we had two golden doors in 2020 just me and cody you know 11 the next year uh but like that was all of our senior guys like most of them right like going out and doing a like a golden door for the first time ever and then we had 14 in 2022 and then we had 37 this year with most of our senior guys not knocking anymore and traveling and so like
0: yeah they did 37 and they didn't even have the two guaranteed from mr drew hansen himself (laughs) But I but I You're the reason you guys didn't hit 40. If you had a triple golden door this year, you guys would have hit 40.
1: It's yeah. all on you, Drew. Yeah, I I uh you I'm going to I'm going ha- to have to be okay with that. <laughs> but uh I I would say, right, like because like our guys have seen our leaders do it, that's like they 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 believe in it. They they've bought into it. Like if 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 we can do it, like they also can do it. Uh and then they also are doing it with people at the same time, right? Like we had one of our reps finished and did a golden door on November 11th. And then we had another million dollar rep uh do it was our eighth million dollar rep this summer so we had eight eight in our in our program uh he finished on halloween and so like when everyone else is doing it together again like you just all ships rise to the tide uh we just like we don't believe burnout's a thing we don't believe saturation matters like actually like you know i'm sitting here saying it it's like oh you know tough guy but like no like it, again like outputs don't matter like the, the input matters like it doesn't matter that the neighborhood's saturated it doesn't matter that this city is more saturated it doesn't matter that the technician canceled your accounts like it just doesn't matter like the outputs don't matter. Let's, like, again, focus on the inputs.
0: Yeah. Okay, love that. So what about the rep who doesn't believe that he can hit his goals because he's super far behind? Because the technicians aren't doing their thing. Like, he has so many reasons to... It would be unrealistic for him to believe that he could hit his goal. You know? He's yeah. gone for 500K. He's halfway through the summer, and he's at 100, 150. Like, it's unreasonable for him to believe that he can hit his goal. Do you think he should tone it down? Like, was he too ambitious in setting that goal? Or how do you kind of up that so you can still go for your goal and not just let all these excuses
1: get in your way? Um, yeah, I think it just depends on like what's important to that rep, right? Like, if that goal is the most important thing to that rep, then, okay, take a step back and gain more perspective and understand that, like, you know, lengthen your end date. Like extend it, stay till Halloween, stay till Christmas. Like, I I don't care if it's that important. If you're telling me it's that important to you, you're going to do like, again, the desperation mode you were talking about, you're going to do anything and everything to make it happen. And you're going to fight tooth and nail. And if it's not that important to you, that's okay too. Like, you know, reassess, you know, re, you know, adjust it, but don't come home at the end of the summer and be sad that you didn't hear goal because you chose that it wasn't as important to you as possible. Because if you, if again, going back to the perspective, if you can take that step back, well you know, like the answer would be that you totally believe that those first couple months of selling only 100 K k made you just that much better.
0: Yeah. Okay. I've heard you talk about this in a different podcast. I think it was from the podcast that you did middle of the summer this last year on the landing pad. Okay. And you said, or I heard you say, know why you want what you want. Yeah. What does that
1: mean? Why is that important? Um. Know why you want what you want. Uh, it just, again, like it, it just depends, right? Like everyone, everyone looks at like these top reps and it's like, I have to be that person. Like even like me, right? Like, like I wanted to be like John. I wanted to be like these guys. I wanted to be like Landon Hart. I wanted to be like McKay Roberts. These guys were doing the things in 2019 that I just wasn't doing. Uh, and I can scratch strive to like be like them, but like, I'm just, I I need to be okay with being me. Like I need to be okay that like, I'm going to have a different path. I need, I need to be okay that yeah, it might take me longer than it took them. Right, like it, it, I need to be okay that my experience in life is just gonna be different than theirs. And yeah. so, like, what I want, right? Like, one, you got to get way clear on it, but you you have to understand like why why you want it. If if, if you're just out there to make good money, you can sell 80k in a summer and make good money.
0: Why do you need to get clear on it? What do you mean by that?
1: Um, it just it, it gives you purpose, right? Like your why. I I've always said like the why overrides the how. Uh, it's that Tim Grover quote: the when the craving is so intense, the word becomes irrelevant. Right, so when I say like the why overrides the how, like the how is the pitch, like it's the sales process, it's the technique. Like I don't think that it that the pitch is just that relevant. Like I just don't. I think that like your purpose and your intent when you're out there and why you're out there, like that can correct the bad pitch that you have.
0: Yeah, what I believe. Yeah. So you literally think that just by wanting it so hard that you'll
1: get it. Part of it, if you're doing the right things.
0: Yeah. Why did you want to? be like john taylor why did you want to be like these other golden
1: door reps i could give you like the longest answer in the world uh i would say i've always i've just always had this niche right like i can be better i can give more like i just like sometimes unless you're really really prideful like sometimes like you just have to like fall your knees and realize like oh i need more help i need more resources i need more coaching i need more mentorship but like why i wanted to is in 2019 right like i took out two of my brothers that were with me my rookie year i took out 25 of my friends. Um. And like it was on me. Like they followed me. Right. Like and so to have them go out and like have that summer, it just like the summer they did and only three of them made 20 grand. Everyone else made less. Like I just I I I saw the opportunity that was in door to door because of how well I did my first and second summer individually. And like I wanted to be able to give that to to others. Right. And so I think that's why like our results have been different than everyone else's. Right. Like we we're not a big company. Like we don't have thousands of reps. We had 700 reps get a sale last summer we had, you know, we, 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 had, we had 37 do 650K. Well, like, why are the results that different? I think that uh, we, we, we pull the Urban Meyer quote. It's like on every one of our slide decks, like it's posted everywhere. Like it'll probably be once the decor gets up in our office, like it'll be everywhere. It's the uh, leadership creates culture. Culture is what drives behavior and behavior is what produces results. So, like, why are the results different? Well, like, it's a direct reflection of the leadership and it's a direct reflection of, like, the culture. And I wanted, like, those results to be better because I just knew of, like, the good that can come from the industry, right? And so where I think that we've been different has been, like, just the intent of our leadership. Like, the intent, like, the purpose of of our company, like, the purpose of the grit is to create as much impact as possible on individuals and families that we work with, both present and future. And if that is the intent, Is impact it's not earnings like we're not charity right like the money has to make sense like we have to like we have to do things the right way but like that's not the purpose is to make lots of cash the the purpose is not to sell off lots of pest control companies it's not to help my manager get off the doors it's not to you know rack up lots of equity points like it's that's not the intent the intent of our leadership is is impact and what like culture just becomes whatever the top guys are about it just bleeds through Yeah. And so, if that's the intent of the leaders, like that becomes the intent of the 150K, 100, the 90K rep, right? Like the 80K rep that everyone loves, that is the vibe master of the office. Like that kid's mission that summer is not to sell a lot. That kid's mission is to have as much impact on his teammates and his brothers that he's out in market with. And like that's truly what our 80K reps feel, which is what makes us so great.
0: Yeah. Why did you guys focus so much on impact when you were kind of creating that mission statement?
1: Um, I, again, I think it's just been like our, our, it's been what our senior leaders have always been around, been about, right? Like uh, when Ben Egan and Josh Nelson standardized our pay and we went away from all like secret deals, everything at Green X, um, they were the first ones to do it in, 20, in 2020. Well, like, why? To create more impact because who likes getting out in the summer finding out that their manager is getting paid? Or their managers paying, you know, Timmy over here way more than they're paying you, even, even though, you're though you're selling you're double out. Yeah. what Timmy selling. That doesn't create impact. That creates earnings for the manager if you can keep the margin as big as possible, right? And so, like everything that we've done, like why we left Greenex, like we don't want to go and plop into another sales company and be a region and then get our growth capped again. Yeah, it limits impact for our, for our reps to not be able to recruit, to not be able to produce, to not be able to knock as as long as they want. And so. Everything that we've tried to do, we've tried to view it through the scope of impact, right? Like, yeah, like it's crazy to me, right? Like, I talk to managers that have been in the, the game for a long time, but they still don't produce a lot. You know, their downline does three, four, even five mil. Like, even if your downline does ten mil, like, like, dude, I ran, a, I ran a ten million dollar office, like, and 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 I think that we get devalued a lot. That like, oh, our guys just go out all day, like, don't run the morning meetings. Like, I haven't missed a morning meeting in six years. I've never taken a sick day. I've never not trained in morning meeting. I've ran every single one of them. Same with Zach Seeger. Same with Brock Reeve. Yeah. Like,
0: what are the other misconceptions about Drew Hansen? Because <laughs> Drew Hansen, dude, he throws on sketchy accounts. He knocks the whole year. Like he's got to be lying to customers. There's no way he's charging a $300 initial. Like something, th- they've got to be skipping the welcome call. Like I'm just, I'm thinking about the things that I've heard said about me. Yeah. or you know that like dude honestly it's hard for me to even believe like dude how the freak is this kid doing 1.3 million in revenue yeah in the same amount of time that i did that i'm doing a thousand accounts and dude i'm the hardest worker yeah like i'm glad that 2019 you hadn't I'm glad that you only did five twenty. <laughs> you, you did five seventy-two in 2019. In 2019, I was the hardest worker in the entire door-to-door industry, guaranteed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can only claim that for 2019. Okay. And sorry, that's kind of weird and yeah. off
1: point. Yeah. No, but like misconceptions, right? Like, like we get asked all the time, and John, uh, he, John Taylor. So he was on our, he was on the PES CEO panel at Door to Door Con last year. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny we're talking about this, but uh, like someone had asked him about attrition, right? Because like. Okay. Sometimes, right? Like a lot of the things that like, people devalue a lot of the things that we do. Oh yeah, they have tons of reps. Oh, well, it's because they're a huge company. We're not a huge company. We don't even have a thousand reps. We don't even have 800 reps. Uh, oh, the reason you think that they're
0: a huge company is because A, they're doing, the Grit's doing things different. They just are. If they weren't, like you guys have more golden doors than the entire industry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think we had 37 out of 50 pest golden doors in in uh, in, in 2023. Yeah. Um. But I would say like, same with uh right? like oh yeah the the top guys sell a lot but like the bottom half doesn't that's mm. also false right like when we like like when we do competitions and like again like it our our per rep yield we we that's the metric that we measure the most is total number of revenue produced divided by total number of reps to get at least one sale hmm. one sale so it factors in everything fall off everything manager capabilities sold to service contract value volume everything um so again like yeah, our bottom half doesn't sell a lot. Not true. Uh, I'd say like, yeah, the attrition stuff, right? Like, dude, I've had like good attrition. Uh, people yeah. think I have 60% attrition, meaning like I only retain 40% of my accounts. You've had Not good true.
0: retention and low attrition.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, my bad. What did I say?
0: <laughs> you said you had good attrition, which with, I mean, I understand oh, yeah, what you we, said. <laughs> we
1: say attrition. I feel like a lot of people say retention, yeah. but uh, we say attrition, Sorry. which is the opposite of of, of retention. But yeah, yeah no, in, in my rookie summer at Armor, I had 8%. Uh, cancel so 92% retention in 2019. I had eight and a half percent attrition uh in 2020, right? Like, but I th- it went up to 25% when I went to Green X. But Boy. I, I would say, uh what also, right? Like, when it comes back to impact, right? Like, we don't, we totally could. Like, do we have control of all of the, the packages that we're allowed to sell and like the minimums that we put in place? Like, we put our own minimums in place when we sell for Aptive and when we sell for Romex and Axiom. If we wanted to sell free ninety nines, I'm sure we can find companies that would like want us to do that or let us do that. We 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 don't. Uh, we also could like maxes on our contract values, but like what we don't want to do, right? Like, is create less impact, right? Like yeah. when we talk about impact, the the two ways that you have impact in in this job as a leader, what what I believe is 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 earnings and experience. Like that's why that's what like, why people come back. That's why people stay at the same job. That's why people leave jobs, change careers. Is experience and earnings, right? And so, let's say, right, like okay at our company, the max contract value that you can sell is $700 and we have 15% attrition on average. Really, really good. Or let's say 10% for easy math. Well, if I sell a $600 contract value, right. And have 10% attrition, I'm only netting $540 per sale.
0: And then you're getting your permission, your commission Commission percentage,
1: $540, right. Where, okay. You know, if we have the capability and the talent level and like the training, like program to teach reps how to sell, you know, a service that entails everything, right. Like, And it's not an Orkin $450 initial $99 bi-monthly service and they're only getting the base sprayed. Like they're getting everything, tick flea, uh, rodent, everything, right? Like to be able to sell at an $1,100 contract value and have 30% attrition and 70% retention, well, I'm netting $800 per sale. And so if I can create more impact for that rep, I'm going to incentivize them to charge as much as possible because yeah, with, with attrition, dude, like there are just so many things that you can't control once you leave the door. Like, yeah, there's bad technicians and they're literally everywhere. Huh? Everywhere. Doesn't matter the company, doesn't matter if it's mom and pop, doesn't matter if they wear white button-up shirts or if they wear a polo or a hoodie. It just doesn't matter. Like, there's only so many ways to spray three feet up and three feet out. There just is, <laughs> right? Like, granted, there's better Vertical pest horizontal, com- there's better pest companies than others, but like a lot of times, like people don't cancel because the service is bad. They cancel because um maybe expectations aren't met, which is on the sales rep, right? Uh or they get undercut, which again I don't think is because of the contract value or the service. It's probably more of like how good that rep is. that knocks on their door. Like yeah. I don't think that I switch over a lot of, you know, let's say you're not just switching over scummy
0: reps accounts. You're no, switching switch-
1: over great. Yeah, I've knocked behind thousand account reps and same yeah. market as other golden door reps. And so like again, right? It like it comes back to impact. Like we want our our reps to net as much as possible. Otherwise, we just limit their earnings. Yeah, which is two one of the things that creates as much impact as possible. Yeah, and so. Yeah, like my attrition went up in uh, at GreenX to twenty-five percent.
0: Well, I um, wanna comment on that though. Yeah, because it was also Greenex was making a few transitions.
1: It was also COVID year, like Yeah, it was COVID year, lots of also though like I sold three times as much volume. Yeah. Um I, I and I sold more than three X the revenue I sold the year before. So I got better at sales, so and, attrition will go up.
0: And yeah, I was gonna say, would you say that every single person that you knocked on their door that bought from you was just excited about pest control? They knew they were buying pest control that day.
1: No, I would have just, you know, if you do that, you just sell one or two a day and you do average.
0: Yeah. So you're getting
1: people who didn't necessarily even yeah, want pest control. Most wouldn't, right? Like most wouldn't sell that person. Yeah. And, and like I did, right? And like, and, but like I can't control what they do after I leave the door. But what I yeah. can do is like how I solidify the deal, how I build rapport, like how I like, you know, explain the cancellation fees. And like, I ask them not to cancel. I tell them <laughs> I haven't been married that long. Like this, I pay for my life. Like don't cancel on me. Like we, we do a really good job. Like you will see bugs. It's it's not magic. It's pest control. When you do see bugs, like that is okay. Here's the number. Call us. Like we'll come back and do yeah. it again for free. Uh, you ask for life advice. Like we do all that reps. Uh, customers that you know are for sure on the edge and you know are are very hesitant about buying. Like I do Chick Fil A gift cards for them with like a little thank you note that my technician gives them after the service. And so like again, it went my attrition in twenty twenty went up to twenty five percent. But I still netted more than I did the year before per oh, deal. Yeah, because I was only selling five hundred dollar contracts. Where the next year it went up even more to eight hundred and thirty. Attrition went to like thirty uh, percent, but I was netting more than I was having twenty five percent. Yeah. The next year it went up to like eleven fifty, right? My contract value, and I had literally I had uh, I think four points less. I went from like thirty five down to thirty one uh, percent, but I, I my contract value increased by thirty percent. Well, Matt- and so, like that, like that's what we focus on the most is like, don't charge the most, so that like, like no, dude, like explain everything, like sell clean accounts, like don't charge someone like out the nose, but like, dude, you want to capture as much revenue as possible from each home, so that you know you can earn as much as possible as an individual and for the company, right? Where again, that's why we don't sell eighty nine dollar monthly services, and you know, and sell a, a thousand account contract value that that way because that's probably not good for the company as much because they're not getting the company's not getting paid as much per visit. Yeah. So again, again, we try to, everything comes back to impact.
0: Well, and also to anyone who's like, oh yeah, well I still only have 15% attrition. Like, okay dude, well go sell 1.3, go sell 1.3 mil in 116 days. And then shoot me a DM, like text me. I want to hear about your thoughts about netting, like being paid on net almost a million. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's so funny because like LeBron isn't hating on Michael. LeBron isn't hating on Kobe. Those guys aren't beefing it out because they don't care. Like it's about they're doing what they're doing. The only people who are hating and actually having the goat debate are people who aren't there, (laughs) you know? And I'm not saying that I'm there, but like I've produced at a very high level and I'm still getting smoked by you. Like, dude, even if you had 50% retention, I'm not saying that you do, I'm not saying that that's totally fine, but it's like, wait till you're on that person's level to be able to judge them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And sure, you can try to paint a picture to a rookie of, oh, well, our retention's going to be higher, whatever. Like, yeah, that's great. That's one piece of the equation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like-
1: Again, it's, I don't, it's like you, you care about attrition because you care about earnings. Yeah. That's what, it... that's like, that's where the question about attrition stems from mm-hmm. is because you're, you're concerned about the earnings. Well, like, let's talk about the earnings then. Yeah. Like uh, how much are you earning per deal? Are you yeah. netting more or are you netting less? And so, yeah. You're focusing on the wrong thing. Like how
0: many doors you knock, how many hours you spend quote unquote working. Like when you're focused too much on one specific thing. Like if you're too zoomed in with your camera, you can't see anything. Yeah. You know, once you zoom out and you see how that portion plays a part in the big picture, you know, like it's about your earnings. It's not about how many, like on an individual day to day. It's it's not about how many doors you knocked. It's not about how many decision makers you made. Yes, those are the inputs that give you the outputs. But at the end of the day, we're going for a certain amount of sales. You know what I'm saying? So you're trying to maximize... How many sales you can get? You're trying to maximize your earnings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like
1: experience everything,
0: dude. I'll sell an account a thousand dollar contract value if it's a coin flip of whether they're gonna go through or not. Why? Because what am I gonna do? Walk away and like have a guaranteed nothing on that yeah. account? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, I got no, a little you're, passionate about that. No,
1: you're good. Yeah, dude. It it, it uh, a lot of our reps, right? Like it, like usually people look for ways to devalue uh the the guys that are doing it the very best and like yeah to us that's okay yeah because usually the loudest people they they come and go pretty quick and <laughs> they get quiet you know yeah after a while but like because like i've seen it right like the guys that were loud like you know and vocal against me like in 2020 like they're not around anymore like in 2021 they're doing other things like it's just funny yeah no it's just funny but like again right like it all like same like when you're talking about focus on one thing like i've never been focused on like just being the best rep like i've just never been focused on like i just i just haven't like the yeah. the goal's impact like the goal is to set the best example possible for my team that is my goal yeah and you can't do that if you're skipping morning meetings if you're not following up with your reps at night if you're not taking time to do all their area their car groups correctly like we do all of that yeah like we've uh, all of our managers like they've always been in charge of like they do all things routes area pods everything uh, and then you find, you know, reps of managers that have been around 10 years and haven't logged into pest routes. Well, like our reps don't spend extra hours at night when they could be with their spouse just to spend time on pest routes. It's to give that rep the best experience possible the next day based off, okay, this is maybe the type of area that I need to put this kid in. Or okay, this kid, he's been having a slow day. I'm gonna actually put him with this car partner. Or, oh yeah, these two have been riding out together. They need to be switched up. I'm gonna put him over here with these guys. And so Again, dude, like everything that we do, right? Like everything, it, it all funnels towards having more, having as much impact as possible.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I want to connect a few dots. Okay. 2019, you did 572 accounts. You brought out 25 friends. You had three people make 20 grand. 20 grand. Yeah. Okay. That really affected you. So you, you switched and you knew that you had to ball out and you had to go somewhere where your reps could also be taken care of and learn. Yeah. Okay. It was incredibly important for you to hit a 1,000 accounts because you were burning the bridges, okay? So, like, that is a very deep why. Mm -hmm. And also, you needed to be able to sell at a really high... Like, you needed to ball out so that way you could help your reps ball out with you, if that makes sense. Correct. Okay? So, like, you have your why for going for a golden door, which turned into a million. It was pretty deep. It wasn't... Oh, I want to invest in real estate. Oh, I want to, you know, whatever. Like your why was deep, dude. Yeah. Like it sounds like your why went multiple whys deep. I think most people, they have a goal and they have their one why. Yeah. But one thing that I've trained on is like when I'm doing my personal coaching with some of my clients, it's, dude, if you're not five whys deep on your goal, yeah. Or if you're not five whys deep on your why, you're not deep enough. Yeah. Like, okay, why do you want to hit a golden door? Because you want to take care of your reps. Okay, why do you want to take care of your reps? Because you want to help them have impact. You want to take care of your family. Why is impact so important? Like, I don't know. I just thought that that was something that needed to be highlighted. Yeah. Because most reps, and maybe it, give your opinion on this, their why isn't deep enough. Uh, Yeah,
1: for sure not. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> how do you deepen your why? You get a lot of questions, right? Like questions like that. Like, hey, dude, how can I like expand my why? Or hey, yeah. like, how, how do you bounce back after having like a hard day? Or how do you do this? Or how do you do that? And like a lot of our reps, because like our trainings have been so good and like our leaders have been able to replicate what they do so well, a lot of them will kind of come and like ask for, like the how-to answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like those are things that like you just can't give. Which is the right? worst like, answer because again, they want they don't want that right yeah like, but I would say like I as far as like deepening your why I think like as far as like the only track like a, a good way of like how I viewed it um is Ben Egan he did uh, a training at one of our um leadership uh, meetings I think it was like two years ago uh, and he put up on the big screen like it was like a Y triangle it was W H Y right like and he talked about how there were three legs to your why like to, to but to say right like oh my why is to buy a house well. Okay, you don't have to you don't have to become great and close, close the gap in between potential, you know, your performance and your potential yeah. to buy a house. You can still go in, out and sell. Maybe you have the capability to sell 400k and you only sell 200k. Yeah. And you still find a way to get into a house. Or I want to buy a car. Okay, well you don't have to sell that much to buy a car. You don't. Like I want to make a lot of money. Well, you don't have to sell that much to make a lot of money here.
0: Well, one thing that I've noticed over the years too. Okay, why do you want to buy a car? Oh, it's because it's super lame to go on dates and have to bar- and yeah, have to borrow one. Okay. <laughs> well, but sometimes it is important to understand I like, think, well, why is it lame? Why do you care? Are you, like are you totally. You know, and just kind of like trying to figure out what the actual insecurity is. Yeah. Because I've... the actual insecurity it's not that they want a car, it's that they want to come across a certain way because they're worried about getting married. And they're trying to stack the odds so that way they can come across properly to a partner. And it's like, once you start going sense. much deeper, totally. now all of a sudden, okay, is the type of wife you want going to want some dude who just, when the going gets tough, like just quits, yeah. you know, who can't work through adversity? That sounds like a recipe for divorce, not a recipe for a successful marriage. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, because they have such big issues with that like their true insecurity was they're worried about getting married and finding the right person that's why they want a card that's why they're trying to build up their real estate portfolio whatever it is like oh gosh now that we're five wise deep yeah it's actually deep and it's actually something that will impact that person when they're out there
1: yeah i think the way that ben explained it pretty well cuz like yeah if it like and i've always said right like if you're going to do service level things you'll just get service level results uh and so the way like a a really good way to like break down a why is the way that like he he put this he put he put this up on the projector right and like the three legs of the triangle was um your why should consist of these three things one right it's 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 your people it's the people in your corner it's the people that you're out in market with it's the people it's the manager that's staying up until 2 a.m doing 50 guys area and car groups and pods and routes and coordinating with the branch, everything's dialed for the next day, Train, planning the training so he doesn't get up there and give some BS training or it's your family at home, your wife, whoever it is. So one, it's your people. Two, it's your dreams, right? Like if, if a car is so important, well, like hopefully it's not like you're insecure, but like hopefully it's that you want a car because you want freedom, right? Like you want to be able to do and buy what you want to, and that's okay. If that's part of your dreams and if that's like what you want, that is okay. So it's your people, it's your dreams. And then the third leg of your of your why would be like your revenge, your revenge that's sick, yeah,
0: talk to me about that.
1: you keep the receipts you you, you do it for the people that have just always told you like you're never gonna do it, yeah, and I, that's probably where like my tweaker side comes out is like i've uh like dude i'm I'm so stoked to be here, so again like th- thanks for having me, yeah, this is my first non grit podcast since the fall of twenty twenty with with Sam Tagger and with Cody, uh but like. I've I've kind of taken like a back seat like in the industry and like not been as like vocal as like, some of the other leaders uh like I try to be at times but like I, I just haven't been cuz again it's like the the, rece- the receipts just keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming and keep coming and and that is okay cuz we just add it to the file cabinet and we add it to the file cabinet and we add it to the file cabinet and and uh it's part of my why
0: Yeah no I I love that because I mean we've all had our haters you know what I'm saying yeah. and yeah, just having a having a deep why, that's what gets you through those cold rainy days, those dark nights when you've just gotten chewed out again. Yeah. Um, yeah. No,
1: it's and and so I can pull on any three of those levers at whatever time I need. Yeah. If it's my dreams, right? Like if it's becoming this person. Yeah. Or if it's become you know, being able to have if it's if it's if it's materialized things, like that's okay. Like if that's you, like whatever. Or if it's if your dreams are a part of like you becoming the human that you want to become. I can pull on that lever. Yeah. Or if it's the people in your corner, right? Like, I'm at, dude, I'm at, I'm at zero and it's seven o'clock. Like, dude, I had one day where I was literally at, like, zero until 730 and my team is, like, like I've had, like, I'm getting rookies texting me. Like, yeah. are you okay? Like, yeah. oh, dude, it's Drew knocking. Like, I what's know. going on? And I'm like, <laughs> well, now my people, I can pull on that lever. Yeah. My revenge, when it's 945 at night and it's it's raining and it's cold and it's April and I'm in Philadelphia and I'm so freezing, I can't feel my feet. Well, I'm not, like... I'm not actually out there to pitch people. Like I'm out there to prove the people that, like, you know, have continued to doubt me wrong. And that's yeah. why I'm gonna get one more deal tonight.
0: Well, and so what I love about that is because one why isn't enough. Like, dude, I love steak, but I wouldn't want to eat steak every totally. moment of every day. You know, there's breakfast burrito, there's steak, there's dessert, there's a bag of chips. Like sometimes some things sound better than others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so by having multiple whys. <laughs> you know, maybe the steak isn't cutting it right now and you want ice cream, you know? Okay, well now you can pull in, you know, your revenge or you can pull in something else. You have to have a lot of, you have to have variety in your why for it to go deep. Like a tree doesn't have one root going straight down. It branches out. Totally, yep. And I think what's cool about what you've done is you understand all these different whys beforehand. Like you're not figuring it out as you're going. You prepared before your first million dollar summer. And you've built on those whys as they've been going, or at least that's how it sounds to me.
1: Yeah, I think it's just being intentional. Yeah. Right, like it's doing that deep work on your own. Like what do you want? Well, why do you want it? And then what price are you willing to pay? But it's doing like the actual deep work. It's being intentional. It's like yeah. it's it's taking time out of your out of your life to to figure that out.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like that's the reason why you're able to outwork everyone. Try to, yeah.
1: Well. I pride myself in, in, in that. Yeah, that's, that's a, another thing that's like, I would just, like, refuse to have ever been at work.
0: You're okay with losing, but you're not okay with being at work.
1: Don't care about the outputs, but I totally care about the inputs. Okay. Sounds so cliche, dude, and so corny. and like, But, like, dude, that's how I think. That's how Zach thinks. That's how Corbin, that's how Brock thinks. Like, that's how, like, the best guys think is, like, you know, inputs over everything.
0: Yeah. Okay. So how do you deal with big hitter anxiety? I was listening to a different podcast, and... Mm. Your, I'm trying to remember what year it was. I think it was at the end of this last year.
1: Uh, yeah, it was at the end of
0: 2022. Yeah. 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 Dude, I went through it too. I, my lowest point of my adult life was December through probably April, December of 22 through April of this year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, uh, I'm big on the whole, uh, therapy wave, uh, like I go weekly, um, a lot of our guys go like i i love it like i to an I, actual therapist totally yeah. yeah yeah he's like a life coach like they're whatever you want to call it yeah he's my guy uh
0: life coach therapist okay so the top reps are going to life coaches or therapists or somebody who can give perspective just because dude you get you get wrecked in sales
1: yeah like, i think i think uh yeah no dude like like that year in 2020 like i i experienced like a lot of, like some pretty gnarly anxiety uh on my mission like at, at times um and then not really at all for a couple of years and then uh yeah in 2020 like running the biggest team in the company uh we did nine mil that just over nine mil that year and i'd sold 1.3 my my program did 20 mil and they knocked full-time um
0: that was 2022
1: 2022 yeah uh and uh yeah due to the end of that summer it was just it just actually not not at the end of the summer it was literally all summer and it was honestly from like the spring and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and worse. So you
0: had a ton of anxiety and you still did 1.3 mil. You still broke your
1: record. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think that's worth highlighting. (laughs) Appreciate it. Well, the reason why is because that's the reason why a lot of people can't succeed at this job. They have anxiety. They have this. Something happened with their family. Their relationship's not good. They're X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Why, Why were you able to do it on the highest level? Even with these big, big struggles that you're going through,
1: um I think I just revert back to my triangle, right, like my like my people uh like my dreams, like people in my corner, the people that have just continued to doubt uh and like when I don't know i, I think like when again, when the why is so and like when the why is so great it overrides the how when the craving is yeah. so intense, the work becomes irrelevant uh like do they like like i just I didn't handle it in the right way. Like totally should have gone to a therapist in the spring. Like I totally should have been working with someone throughout the entire summer. And I didn't. Yeah. Uh, And I had to come to that realization on my own. And that's just part of life. Uh, But like dealing with it in the summer, right? Like people tell me that like they have anxiety, they can't work today. Like, dude, that's such BS. Like it's, it is right. And I I think especially like uh, more and more reps, like as I've talked more and more about anxiety and depression, like, Sometimes like we tend to pigeonhole ourselves or label ourselves as, like, oh, I have anxiety. I, 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 I can't be as capable as the guy next to me, which also is just false, yeah. right? Like I'm like anxious. Can, I'm depressed
0: and I ball out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like, it, cool, did
1: I get it? I'm not you. So I don't know what you're going through, but like I get it. And I've also been there and I'm currently there and like, I get it. But like, we can still do something about it. Yeah. So let's start again, focusing on the inputs.
0: Quit ending the sentence with this label. You have, dude, we have so many labels, yeah. you know, I'm anxious. I'm depressed. I'm not good looking. I'm out of shape. Like whatever it is. Okay, that's fine. And I work extremely hard and I train more than anyone and I deserve to win and succeed. Like that's the big, I think that that's probably the biggest difference with you that I've seen than with, with everyone else is just, you're throwing in that and so well. Like, dude, you had, you were incredibly anxious. Like, dude, what? why would drew Hansen ever feel depressed? Like, yeah. <laughs> but what's funny is, you know, that like you're asking yourself that same question, which makes it worse. Yeah. And I've been there, so yeah. I get it. It, it. It's just so interesting because you're still able to pop off despite all these other things, just because you're not willing to sacrifice your why. And you're just being able to say, okay, yes, I'm these things. It doesn't matter. Like, doesn't and matter. I'm this, I'm yeah. these things as well.
1: Yeah, it just, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm gonna, like, I'll find ways to get through it. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, like, it, the how will work itself out. Like, how yeah. I'm gonna get there. Okay, it might be really, sh- it might really, sh- excuse my language, like, might be really shitty. Might suck. Like, I might be here until Drew, Christmas.
0: You can't swear. Might, just kidding. <laughs> you're good,
1: dude. You're good. Uh, but like, again, like, dude, like, my intent, like, as a leader, like, I'm not gonna let my guys down. Like, I'm not yeah. gonna take a day off. I'm not, like, I could have been on the bathroom floor until 2 3, 2 3 a.m., which I was a lot of nights like just dealing yeah. with stuff. And I can wake up and I can choose like what type of human I'm going to be and I can choose if I'm going to close that gap in between my performance and my potential. Uh and then it just becomes a conscious effort. Yeah. So, it's it's tough, but like it it's it's certainly in my eyes not a roadblock and I don't even think it's a speed bump, like it's just part of life.
0: Yeah. Okay. Love that. Okay, so I want to take things a slightly different way, really quick, and then we'll wrap up. How do you make your goals feel attainable?
1: How do you make your goals feel attainable? Um,
0: And maybe let me expand on that. Okay, I believe that you have to think that it's possible before it can become probable. Okay, how do you kind of bridge that
1: gap? Um, Yeah, I—I mean, you just—you talked earlier about doing, you know, doing thousands of account level things before you did a thousand accounts in the summer, right? Like it's that Draymond Green quote. I think I listened to your and John's podcast on, on your channel. Uh, and I think, I think you guys talked about it, right? Yeah. Uh Whether you believe you're the best defender in the league or if you don't like you're, you're right both ways. And so, you know, you just can't, you can't do things that you just don't believe are feasible or possible. Like you just, you just have already taken yourself out of the ring. So yeah, but like self-belief, like, it is just so crazy. Like this job is, it is literally just so much about how you talk to yourself and what goes on in between the ears. Like the most important area is the real estate in your head, right? Like, that's what will get you there. It's, it's just not gonna be the pitch. It's just not. I wish it was. That'd be sick. But like it just and like everyone would be doing it because everyone has awesome pitches. But like the pitch is not gonna do that.
0: It's the most BS true answer out there because everyone wants to call it BS. They've got to be saying something different. And I guarantee you're saying a few things slightly different. Totally. You know? Yeah. But at the same time, you've sold 5,000 accounts in in five years. You've knocked more doors than everyone. Like, it makes sense that Kobe's the GOAT because he worked way harder than everyone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you're not getting
1: Drew-level results,
0: chances are you're not putting Drew-level efforts.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, like, again, like you just, everyone's different and everyone gets to choose how they do it. And like, yeah, I've, I've tried to, yeah, like put, put in those types of efforts.
0: Yeah. Love that. Okay. Um, I'd, I'd regret not asking this and you're not going to love the question and you're going to give a political answer and I don't want you to. Um, I ran a poll on the summer sales podcast story. Um, who's the pest goat? Who is the pest goat? And you and Zach went up against each other. Um, I felt like it was fair because, Father and son, okay? yeah, yeah and then um Brigham shout and, out to the guy, Brigham and Tristan went up against each other. you ended up going up against Brigham in the championship, yeah, Brigham voted you, you voted Brigham, you won as far, the Instagram results showed that you are the pest goat, yeah. <laughs> give me your thoughts on why that is true and why that isn't true, um, and no political answers, okay. please,
1: that's fair i uh, well, I think right now, like yeah, it's Zach. No one's done one point five million in, in a year and, and he's done it and he'll do more next year and Corbin will do more after that and Brock will do more after that and people will break it ten years from now. And so I uh I think Brigham is dude he's the guy. Like he is so awesome. He's just such a good person. Like he did it so so long ago and he's continued to do it. He won a golden door this year. Yeah. Uh and so I don't know. Like that's never been like at the at the for at my forefront. like I'm sorry if that's like the political answer. It's just mm-hmm. like I would, yeah, I would say it's Zach for sure. Okay. Uh,
0: I don't think that that's a political answer. I think that you truly believe that. But I, w- I also want to hear you plead your case because let's put it this way. If somebody else had done your exact same accomplishments, yeah, you would be talking positively about them. But because it's you and you're a humble guy, you don't want to sound like a douche.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to, like, I think also, right, like it was funny. I, so this summer, I sold in six different markets. Uh, I sold six days total, and I did one hundred k. And uh, I pr'd in Boston, freezing cold rain. Uh, and
0: uh, wait, but it was raining. You can't knock in the rain. You uh, can't have big days when the weather's not absolutely perfect. Yeah,
1: I uh, do my very best work in the rain. Yikes! Yeah, <laughs> nice. Okay. No, but like I pr'd that day, I sold twenty five k. And then on Memorial Day, I did uh, thirty. Or something like that, 31K. Um, and I remember like finishing, and because I'm really tight with John. Uh, yeah. He's awesome. He's like, he's, he's always like, he's probably like my, in my eyes, like, like the guy. Yeah. Uh, because like that, like that's who I have folded like ever since 2020. Sure. I've tried, I've tried to become like him. Uh, but um, like, I remember like getting done with selling 31K, like thinking he's just about to rave about me, like tell me how awesome I am. And it was just funny. Like, he, and I think this is also, like, where Zach's getting. And if he wasn't there this last summer, I think I think he will be now because he's just, like, I, I. it was funny. The the answer that John gave me was, like, awesome, dude, congrats. You mastered it. Mastered the skill, 10,000 hours. Like, you've done it. And and it was funny because, like, I was expecting this, like, oh, yeah, dude, like, you were so awesome. Like, you're the guy. And it's just, like, know oh, that you, you've done it. Like, you've done your 10,000 hours. Like, you've mastered the art. You've mastered the skill. And so uh, I think, like, Zach will be there, like, very soon if he's not already there like I, I give it like a month but like i i think that like if zach went out and just sold like if he would sell 20k every day but like he manages a 13 million dollar program and runs a huge team by himself yeah uh but i think yeah for me right like i'm not gonna say like if you put me up against anyone else on head to head like I'm, I'm not gonna lose yeah i'm not gonna because and zach would say the same thing and john would say the same thing uh and brigham would hopefully say the same thing um but yeah, no, I think I think it's really exciting, like how good the industry is getting. You're getting a lot, like you're getting handfuls of people that are just getting very close to the point where they've mastered the skill. Yeah, I would also say, right, like if if you want to like get a real test of like you know who who the goat is, um, it's also tough, right? Because I've never just gone out and just sold. Like I I, I like I like I have like I've managed a team like every day that I've sold or a huge program um that have done tens and tens of millions of dollars of revenue Same, like you're answering phone calls all day long where like i think a lot of the other top reps in the industry like do go like pilot mode um but like in 2020 when i was managing the big team and did 1.3 it's you knock a door you make a sale you answer the phone you knock a door you make a sale you answer the phone You knock a door you make a sale you answer the phone so yeah no if there was just one day where it was just let them loose take the muzzles off take the phones away put them on airplane mode yeah it would be it would be a fun battle
0: yeah um Okay, last question I want to ask you. What would you say to the rookie who isn't sure if they should give summer sales a shot?
1: Do it. Just do it. Like, please. (laughs) Like, if you have a year, right, where, like, you're not committed to your major, you don't, like, have to take an internship, you don't have a long-term career that you're, like, already in, that you, like, it would be life or death if you were to leave it. Like, if you're not tied down with 10 kids, right? Like, if you have a chance where, like, you can, like, take a summer or even a couple months or a couple weeks or whatever to go and try it, do it. Like, just do it like that. If you got a check for $0, like it would be one of the best things that you can do if you're doing it with the right people. Um, I just, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm so grateful for like this opportunity and uh, like the chance that I've had in door to door. And like, I think that like, like I said, like, like, do it with like do it with the right people. And if if even if you made zero dollars, like it would be the best thing that you can do. You're learning how to work hard, even if you don't even get that good at sales, like you're just learning how to face that mental battle of getting told no and taking rejection over and over again. And honestly, right, like if you do it with the right people, I think a lot of kids get recruited to just a false false pretense of how that team or company or program operates. And that's like what I want to change more than anything is recruiting kids to an opportunity that like they know what they're getting. They know what the type of like they know what type of trainings they are getting in the morning. They know what type of leaders they are going to be around. They know what type of elite reps they are going to have in their offices. Like they know what like they just know what they're getting. So many times like kids get out there and usually why you, you hear of all the horror stories and in door to door is because kids get recruited on things that like are literally just either irrelevant or not true or a hypothetical of like what could go really, really good. And so if you can put yourself in a good situation, right, like, dude, it will be the best thing that you could ever do. Even if, even if there's no income coming in.
0: Okay, love that. I want to ask the exact same question, but slightly different. What would you say to the rookie or the rep's parents who aren't sure if their child should give summer sales a shot?
1: Um, again, I would just say, like, do it, right? Like, I'll, I'll... But you're talking to the parents. Yeah, with the parents, I, I think like with the parents, it, it's just it's reason it's, with them. Re- yeah, you re- reason
0: with me, Drew. I don't, I don't think my kid should go sell this summer. I think he should do an internship. I'm the parent. I don't think my son should go sell. Talk, talk me into it.
1: Why? What's the biggest holdup?
0: Because they're not going to be doing sales forever. They're yeah. going to be going into a certain field, and they need an internship so that way they can you know, get yeah. into their masters or so that way they can just start getting into their career because summer sales, like those guys have knocked on my door. Like it, it's just, it's not a part of their future.
1: Yeah. And that, and I think that's so okay. Like you, like you, we don't want this to be like a landing pad for everyone. Like if anything, like we want it to be like a launch pad, right? Like our, our goal is to help kids, you know, learn as much as possible, earn as much as possible so that they don't have to like go into student debt. They don't have to like take out loans. Uh, they don't have to work and go to school at the same time. I was talking with your son like he doesn't have to do the internship this summer. he could do it this fall uh and if he's not having to work like he did this past school year like he'll he'll be able to be free to be able to do that and have a social life, but also just like the networking that would go on you know within the summer but honestly, like if he can just learn like the the things that we teach about hard work about growing as a human, developing, evolving, becoming better, like actually getting better, the things that like our reps are you know see as weaknesses like that's more than anything like what we want to help your son learn and yeah i i promise you I, I i'll put him with this this manager this is what his track record's been this is the type of reps that he usually produces uh and yeah i just give it a shot i think i think i think the more familiar they become with it like the more comfortable you make him making a decision
0: yeah but if i was going to have him do sales i've just heard of so many bad horror stories out there i'd probably have him do it with so and so from the ward just because we trust them. We we know their parents, their family from growing up. I I don't think I want him to do summer sales, but if he did, yeah. it would it would need to be with them.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's great. I think that I mean you can come to Utah Valley and meet with five hundred summer sales companies and you can meet a lot of really, really, really good people. Like I've worked with family members for for years, right? And like and I totally get like the whole trust thing and, and you don't know me and like that that's okay. Uh but like again, if you're worried about like your son's Success, his happiness, like hit like him like, you know, actually having a summer that's worthwhile. Well, that's great. I would look at I would look at like the track record of how our reps do and how, you know, this guy's reps do and like what, what it's looked like. What is, you know, what what types of reps he's produced in the past, how well first reps do, how many of them come back every single year. Like let's sit down, like let's look at it. It's not, not gonna be the same. Like they probably don't have a very big program. They like this guy that you're talking about that you're close with, he's probably not gonna be running the team. And so let's put your son with a kid that is one of the best leaders in the industry. And we have a lot of them. Love it. That's, well, yeah.
0: ac- actually, I just don't think there's a lot of money in summer sales. Like, how much did you even make this last year, Drew? I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: Yeah. Money. <laughs> 20 grand. Yeah, uh,
0: exactly. Average. Tw- 20 grand. 20 grand. Um, Cool. Drew, thank you so much for coming on. Like, I've been excited to have you on. I think that you're incredible. And like, I want to get to know you deeper. Um. <laughs> you seem like a cool dude. You know what I'm Appreciate saying? It. Yeah, of course. And so I I honestly want to start hanging out. I don't know if you play pickleball, but if you do, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, uh, seriously, Drew, you're an example for so many people in the industry. The Summer Sales podcast, I think that you're honestly one of the one of the faces in Summer Sales. You de- you definitely belong in the Summer Sales Hall of Fame. So,
1: thank you, man. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for thank you for coming on. Drew, um, what's your social,
1: what's your Instagram handle? Uh, just add your Hanson.
0: Okay. Is there any where else
1: where we can find more from you, learn more from you? Um, yeah, I, uh, I've been on our landing pad a handful of times. Reach out to me though. More than anything, like I want to build as many relationships in the industry as possible. And whether we work together or not, like I I don't care. I, uh, I just want to do my part in the industry and, and make it better.
0: Okay. Love it. And I'll drop... I'll put his the landing pad link and also your social media link cool. in the show notes. Drew, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for being incredible in the summer sales field and making such an impact on so many people. Appreciate it, dude. Thanks and for having me. Of course. And guys, thanks for listening. Um, go follow Drew. Go follow the Summer Sales Podcast on Instagram. You'll see a bunch of clips there. I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.